Hey guys, um, so it's been a while since I've done uh, done a podcast, done a show. Um, it's been forever since I've done one just myself, but I have a, uh, a little drive ahead of me, so I figured I'd post an update out in the world about what's happened to me since uh, since my last podcast. My last podcast um, was with uh, someone that I was living with. Um, that was fun, but um, a lot has happened um, since my last episode, so uh, let's get right into it. I decided that it would be a good idea to fucking join the army. Um, it's something that I wanted to do uh, for a long time. Started the process of, uh, of enlisting, um, you know, two times uh, prior to actually going to basic. Um, but, you know, for one reason or another, I just didn't, uh, didn't fall through. And I justified it at the time, but, uh, but really it was just me being afraid. Um, but I decided to finally go through with it, um, after a pretty, pretty detrimental life experience happened to me. Um, so, as y'all might know, I own a business. Um, residential contractor. Well, in March of 2022, I had damn near everything stolen from me. All my equipment, uh, my tools, things of that nature. Uh, and it really put me in a position that I couldn't financially, you know, bring myself back out of. Uh, especially not having the tools or equipment to perform my job. So, um... As I'm sitting there in the house that I was living at, literally just losing my shit after having lost my shit, um, I get a call. I answer the phone, very you know sharp. I said, "What? Hello? Well, who is this?" The guy on the other line goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, teammate. Like, is this a bad time?" And I said, "Well, yeah, kind of. It is. <laughs> um, you know, I've I've had everything stolen from me, so I'm kind of." having a moment right now and he goes well you know now might actually be the best time that I called you he goes well my name is Staff Sergeant Dupree um I'm here at the recruiting office in Gunnersville Alabama just want to know uh how you feel about joining the military and if that wasn't a sign (laughs) if that wasn't a sign uh to get my ass up off the couch and, and fucking don't spend a second feeling sorry for myself that was it. So I, I go. You know what? Okay, I'm a, I'll, I'll take a call. Let, let's listen to what you have to say. <clears throat> I tell him about you know my situation, uh, and he's like, "Well, it sounds like you need to get the fuck out of Dodge. You need to get out of here pretty quick." And I agreed with him. I mean, you know, an easy an e- easy way uh, out of my current situation sounded like a damn good idea. So. Um, well, you know, right now, uh, I don't have a vehicle, I have a motorcycle, but, but I'm working on it right now, so I can't get to Gunnersville. I live about 30 minutes away. He goes, don't even worry about it. Your situation's kind of, kind of dire. I'll have one of my staff sergeants come pick you up. So, whoa, okay, that's really cool of you. Um, the next day, he had, um, he had a, one of his, one of, one of his, uh, fellow staff sergeant, staff sergeant Josh Acock, 
hell of a man, hell of a man, um, and a, and a great person to, uh, to help me through this whole process. He came to my house, picked me up, took me half an hour to, uh, to the recruiting office, sat down, talked with me, asked about what I liked doing, what I wanted to do, um, but really my main focus was to just get the fuck out as soon as possible, you know, Regardless of whether or not I got the job I wanted, uh, which I did, uh, whether or not like I got the job that I wanted, I knew that you know once I was in the military, I could I could change my job. So the, the main focus was just getting in. So I had to test, you know, to see what I qualified for. Um, I tested at an 88, which qualified me for, which qualified me for, I mean, damn near everything. Um, so as long as there was an open availability for it, you know, it was mine. So I looked at, um, I looked at what I wanted to do. There's a, there's a difference between, um, you know, being a civilian and having endless options that, you know, you'll have to fucking do a lot of work and effort into, and being in the military and having 150, you know, set MOSs. But, you qualify for all of them. So I started looking into it. Um, I knew I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a, a pogue, a, a, a person other than a grunt. Um, because those people get made fun of just heavily. And I get it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all green. So, you know, I'll talk about, I'll talk shit about anyone that, I'll serve with any anyone that also raised their right hand and took the oath, but like ain't nobody else talking shit about it because they didn't raise their right hand. So, um, I wanted to be I wanted to be in that fucking close knit brotherhood of people um, that you know at the end of the day I can look at them and know that they have my back no matter what. And I you know I can't speak from experience because I don't know, but I wouldn't believe that that kind of close-knit brotherhood would be just everywhere. Um, so, I started looking into it. Um, a few things popped out at me originally, you know, initially. Um, I thought about being 35 kilo, uh, which is a, uh, like a military police dog handler. I thought that would be fucking awesome. Um, but, in order to be 35 kilo, you have to start out as an MP. And, I mean, civilian cops get, get enough shit, I'd rather not be a, <laughs> I'd rather not be a, an MP, but, um, mad respect to all MPs. I thought about being a parachute rigger, um, but the monotony of that job, just everyday pack and shoot, pack and shoot, I feel like that'd get to me. Um, even though you do, do get to go through airborne school, uh, you know, you do get your wings, that's cool. Because in order to be a rigger, you have to you have to be able to trust your equipment that you pack. So you have to jump, you know, with a chute that you pack. Uh, so you do go through airborne school for that. Um, my uh, my recruiter, he was a combat engineer, 12 Bravo. And so he started telling me about what he did. You know, what what his job was like. And, I mean, long story short, uh, you get to blow shit up. 
that's how that's how he uh, that's how he advertised it to me. You know, it's like, hey, you want to blow shit up? Fucking, and you're still off on the weekends? Fuck yeah, I do. Later on, I can I, I, I've come to learn that there's a lot more to being a combat engineer than just blowing shit up. But I'll go into it. Um. So, partly because he made the job sound really, really fun, and partly because I wanted to impress him. Um, after a couple days of milling it over, I said, "Alright, Staff Sergeant, I want to be. I want to be a fucking 12 Bravo. I want to be a combat engineer. Fucking let's do this." He said, "You know what? That way to make me proud." And you know that made me feel good. But. Um, so I start looking into more about what I will have to do. <clears throat> First off, um, I went to MEPS in Montgomery, Alabama. Very, you know, streamlined, simple uh, process. <clears throat> Raised my right hand. Very shortly after, um, I was sent back down to Montgomery to ship out. Um, if you want to be a 12 Bravo, you go through... Um, an extended basic training. When I say extended, uh, basic training is nine weeks throughout the board, but uh, for certain MOSs, they have something called a one-station unit training, meaning after your basic training, after your, you know, after your basic training, you will stay at the same base to continue your, your AIT, or your advanced individual training. So it's, so it's, you know, you stay at one base, it's one station. Um, that base is at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. I've never been to Missouri prior to going to Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. Um, it, it has the it has the name Fort Lost in the Woods in the state of Missouri. There's a reason for that. Now, at first I just thought it was because you know everyone talks shit about where they go to basic. You know, it's not supposed to be nice. You know, for, uh, the the name Relaxing Jackson is I mean it's a misnomer. I mean, it's not relaxing, but, um, but Fort Leonard Wood, um, in the early summer is very fucking hot. It is very, very fucking hot. Um, I didn't look at the, I didn't look at the weather, you know, <laughs> I didn't look at the forecast for when I'd go, but I should have. Um. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I should have. Uh, so I fly from from Montgomery to Atlanta, and then uh, from Atlanta to St. Louis. St. Louis Airport. It could be a lot better. <laughs> it could be a lot better. Um, fortunately enough, we didn't have to wear masks. Um, you know, take that take that as you will. Uh, but we didn't have to wear masks. Uh, the St. Louis airport, a very, very, uh, um, I'll give it a six out of 10. Uh, and that's a, like, my, that's, that's giving it a good six out of 10 because, you know, airport at its best can't even be like an eight. So, you know, it's a six. Uh, when you go to the St. Louis airport, you have to check in at the USO, which is a place for all young, strapping young uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, to go and wait and get free food and sodas. 
uh, until the bus comes. Now, prior to the bus that would, you know, inevitably take us to Fort Leonardwood, uh, prior to it showing up at the airport, I had about seven, seven and a half hours of just waiting. It was a lot of waiting. I met a lot of really cool people. Um, I met people at the USO, which, I mean, I would, I would see every day <laughs> for my entire stay at Fort Leonardwood. Um, and they changed a whole lot. I'll tell you more about this. Okay, so, as you're waiting at the USO, a lot of things kind of come into focus. You know, things don't become, things don't become real until day zero, but things started to, to make more sense, um, at the USO because uh, prior to getting to the USO I had done a little bit of working out um, but I still smoke cigarettes uh, MEPS didn't know about that <laughs> but I still smoke cigarettes um, still drink occasionally and uh, I did not do nearly the amount of PT that uh, would <laughs> would be asked of me very you know very shortly after so I'm seeing these people come in, you know, big old dudes, people who I can tell had fucking, had started training, <laughs> and then people who I could tell were just like me and hadn't started training. Um, but, you know, I, I, I walked around, tried to meet as many people as possible because I knew that, you know, there would come a day where I would need one of these people for something. There'd come a day where one of these people would need me for something. So it, be, it, it was good to make those bonds as quickly as possible uh, and to form those bonds as, as tight-knit as possible um, because, you know, it was inevitable that we would need each other. Uh, I met a lot of people who were 19, 20 years old, couldn't even buy their own liquor yet. Um, and there were, only, there were only maybe a dozen or so of us that... You know, we're, we're older than 25. Uh, so, naturally, I gravitated towards the older people just because, you know, it'd be us sitting in, you know, sitting at a table saying, man, look at all these fucking kids. <laughs> like, what are they doing? They haven't even had enough time to make any fucking real big life mistakes that would cause them to join the army. What are they doing? <laughs> um, Keep right at the oh, fork. Oh, that's my, that's my directions not my series. in 1000 feet sharp left thank you thank you much appreciated um they weren't even they weren't even alive long enough to make decisions that would you know lead them to say okay you know what maybe the army is for me <laughs> uh or maybe they did you know who knows um but out of the older people that i that i'd met people that were my age and older um I was, I was the only active duty uh, serviceman. So all the people that were around my age were just National Guard. Um, you know, just wanting to do something, uh, you know, for like the insurance purposes or, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I met one guy. Um, his name was Schrader. He, uh, he was a real estate agent, had a family. Good guy, but was just, you know, in the guard. Met one guy who was a former Marine, um, and he was a Marine when fucking being a Marine, he was a devil dog. He was in Ramadi in 2005, 
Um, and like other people didn't understand the gravity of that. They didn't understand um, what what the war was like during that time. Like because I was in basic with a bunch of people who weren't even alive for 9/11. Um, you know, so they didn't understand what you know what that was. So you know, there'd be times where they're like, "Man, fucking Williams, dude." Why are you being? Why are you being so? Why are you being like this? Like, why are you? Why are you being so extra? Why? Are, like, because he was. He was a marine. He <laughs> he was a marine. The only reason why he didn't go back uh, is because he aged out. Um, so he was just going back into the army because, you know, once you uh, once once you're in that lifestyle, especially in the core, once you're in that lifestyle, um, it's hard to get out of. At least it was for him. Um, but he was a, you know, at the end of the day, he was a great guy. He was very, very serious, very Marine. <laughs> um, and, and the younger cats didn't understand why he would act like that, but, but they didn't know, like, they didn't understand that he was in Ramadi when it was on fire, when the whole city was on fire. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would, I would tell people every so often, it's like, man, Yes, he's he's fucking screaming, fucking like a like a drill sergeant. But there's a reason for that. First off, you know, he's already been through this, a much you know a much more intense version of what we were doing, um, and he knows why, you know, obedience and 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 order. He knows why it's necessary and essential. Um, and I'll probably have a whole I'll probably have a whole episode talking about conversations that I had with that dude. Um but <clears throat> he was like the most serious. Um met another guy uh who he had been in the army prior, uh so he was prior service, um, and everyone everyone called him air assault because he had gone through air assault school. Um those two guys, they were they were, you know, our platoon leaders essentially, and then you know, we we kind of put them in that position prior to anyone else putting them in, in that position because they knew what they were doing. They had done this before, so they gave us like insight on as to why uh, why th they, things were being done the way they, you know, the way they uh, were being done. So, um, let's see, where do we go now? Okay. Um, <clears throat> So I, I speak to I speak to damn near everyone I could uh, at the USO, uh, and then about probably 11, 11 o'clock that night, um, the bus comes. So the bus comes. We all we all have to get in a box formation uh, to be counted off, and then we get on this bus. The bus was um, two hours. The bus drive was about two hours from St. Louis to uh, Fort Leonard Wood. Uh, and I, I, mean, I tried to get some rest because I, I, I knew that if we uh, if we were gonna get to the base um, at like one o'clock in the morning, then we were not getting any sleep. Uh, and I was right. <laughs> uh, 
tried to get some rest, but I just couldn't. Um, I was I, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't uh, afraid. Uh, I was just excited. I was excited. Um, so when people call it Fort Fort Lost in the Woods, they mean just that it is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nowhere. And I mean, I've never been to Missouri before, but it was in the middle of nowhere. It was one o'clock in the morning, one one thirty in the morning, and we see we see the big old security gate. We say, "Oh man, like here we are. Here is where we were going to be." Um, we go through the gate, <clears throat> the, and the base is huge, huge. The base is massive. So we're going through. We're going through this base. Again, it's like, you know, eerily calm, middle of the night, of course. Um, and once, once we once we got into the base and, you know, we, we were finally there, uh, everyone really stopped talking, stopped chit-chatting, and then we were all just kind of like looking at everything and just, you know, checking everything out. Once we were in the base for what seemed like, I mean, driving 15 minutes, um, we finally pull off the road we were on, onto this little side road, we go, oh shit, here we are. <clears throat> we pull up to, to these five uniform buildings, um, what would, you know, what would be our barracks that I would come to learn soon, um, or some barracks, uh, and there's a drill sergeant standing right right where we would get dropped off at attention <laughs> you know um brown round on fingers and thumb stand you know fucking uh together with their fingers and thumb on the seam of his pants that was a that was a big thing um posture was a big thing so we pull up very quiet, the door opens. Drill sergeant co walks up on the bus. He's like, okay trainees, get off my damn bus. Okay, so we immediately up and out as fast as we could. Um, a bus full of people trying to empty as fast as possible. Get out, <clears throat> said, make a line on the marching surface. Marching surface is the ground. <laughs> Just is the ground. Um, and so we line up. Now this is, you know, 1.30 in the morning. One, we single file into this building. We sit and we sit in these chairs. Um, we, we fill out some, some info cards for, uh, for, you know, any contacts that, that we want to have, you know, we want them to have our contact information. Uh, so we have to fill out some contact cards for that. Um, and then they say, now, pull out your phones. Okay. Pull out our phones. Say, you have two minutes to make one phone call. You need to say what is on this board. And on the board, it says, hello, enter name here. So mom, dad, whatever. I have arrived at Fort Leonardwood. I am safe. I will contact you when I can. Goodbye. Hang up the phone. You had two minutes. Well, the person I called <laughs> didn't answer, obviously. It's fucking middle of the night. 
So I called and I said, hey, I've arrived before Leonard Wood. I'm safe. I love you. I will call you when I can. Goodbye. Hang up the phone. He goes, now everyone turn your phones off. Okay. We were given um, a plastic bag, put our phones in, had to turn our phones in. We would not see those phones again for a minute. <laughs> um, on the board, it had five, um, you know, five responses that we were allowed to give. Uh, the, the, you know, approved responses to anything were yes, drill sergeant, no, drill sergeant, <laughs> and then yes, drill sergeant, no, drill sergeant again, and then may I use the latrine, drill sergeant, <laughs> or may I utilize the latrine, drill sergeant. Those were the only things we were allowed to say uh, for this initial little stint. Uh, there were things that we couldn't say because we would get smoked. Now, um, before I say smoked, when something goes wrong or when you do something bad, you don't get in trouble, you don't get reprimanded, um, you get corrective training. Corrective training is you performing very quick, repetitive um, workouts until you, you know, before, until you uh, have, you know, muscle weakness and before, before your muscles just give out. Um, I came to learn that I could do a lot more than I thought I could before my muscles just gave out. A lot more. <laughs> um, because it was it was required of me. Um, one thing that, that we would not say, well, the one thing that we shouldn't have said was, sorry, drill sergeant. Because the drill sergeant took that as you were calling them a sorry drill sergeant, and they would immediately give you corrective training. <laughs> um, what we would call getting smoked. We call it getting smoked because we would work out so hard, so quick, for so long, you could see the sweat just, just you know, steaming off of us. That's why we called it getting smoked. Um, so there, that was something that we couldn't say. We could not say, can I use the bathroom, drill sergeant? because there were no baths. Corrective training for that. If we didn't, if we said their name, if we if we used, called a drill sergeant by their name, like drill sergeant so-and-so, we would get smoked. Um, anything other than drill sergeant, we'd get smoked. If we rolled our eyes, we'd get smoked. Uh, if we did not make our hit times, hit times being um, you know, a designated time that we were supposed to be at a certain place, at, you know, at the certain time in a certain uniform, we'd get smoked. <clears throat> if, if they thought that we were thinking about maybe going to sleep, we'd get smoked. Uh, and mind you, this is at, you know, 2.30 in the morning by this time. Uh, of course, we did not go to sleep. For that first night that we got there, uh, we immediately went into proper etiquette, uh, proper code of conduct, 
and then you know um, equipment issuing so we went through you know, what we were getting issued how we would wear it when we would wear it where we would wear it um, a lot of a lot of code and conduct but it was necessary it was absolutely necessary um, we were given what I would come to know as, you know, the basic training Bible, which is also called the Little Blue Book. Um, the Little Blue Book contained every bit of knowledge that we would need um, in order to be successful and efficient during basic training. Um, everything from, you know, the history of the cadre, which is our drill sergeants, um, to, you know, rank understanding, insignia identification, um, you know, everything, um, absolutely everything. We had to keep that with us everywhere we went. If you were out, out of your bunk, you had your blue book on you, and it was what we would call an inspectable item, meaning it was a part of your uniform regardless of what you were wearing. Whether you were in OCPs um, or if you were in PT gear, you had to have your blue book on you no matter what. And if you didn't have your blue book on you, the whole platoon would go through corrective training. Um, now, if everyone that I had gone to basic with had followed orders initially, wouldn't if they wouldn't have fucked up, and me included, um, if we wouldn't have done anything wrong at all, I still believe that we would have gotten smoked just as much, if not more. Uh, <laughs> because the drill sergeants will find things, or even if they don't find anything, they will make things up, uh, to put you in that, in that stressful environment. But it's because you need to, you need to learn how to live and adapt in a very stressful environment so that one day, um, you know, when you will inevitably uh, be in a combat situation, uh, because as a 12 Bravo, I am a combat engineer. It is, it is required of me uh, to be in <laughs> combat situations. Um, you have to well, work well under pressure. And you have to be able to, you know, hit these unrealistic hit times because one day down the line, once you're down range or, you know, um, once you're in a combat environment, you have to be able to make those, you know, you have to be able to, to make those unrealistic times because that might be the, the difference between life and death for you and everyone in your platoon you know, you and everyone in your squad. Um, so they instilled that in us very early. <laughs> Days, you know, day zero. Um, during my time in, uh, in one station unit training, they had four phases. Um, one station unit training for a 12 Bravo lasted 15 weeks. Nine weeks of it was basic training and then our AIT uh, basic training was cut up into three 
but now since COVID hit its four uh, phases, you would have yellow phase, which is pretty much orientation. Um, it's a week where you go through all of your all of your uh, basic, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you'd have to go through like your your equipment issuing. You'd have to go into dental. You have to go into vision. You have to, you know, you have to get checked out from head to toe. And because of COVID, they stretched out that process, um, the reception process, into a week, and we call that yellow phase. Um, during yellow phase, we were apart from everyone else at basic. We were we were kind of quarantined in a separate uh, barracks, um, apart from our company, the company that we would go to. Uh, and it was more or less, uh, well, no, it was 100% sitting on a bench. Sitting on a bench and waiting to be processed uh, at these different, you know, at these different, uh, different little offices. Getting your dog tags, getting your military ID, uh, you know, all that stuff. And then when you weren't actively getting processed, you were sitting on a bench, reading your blue book, trying not to fall asleep. And boy, let me tell you how fucking difficult it was not falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple times I caught myself, uh, caught myself, you know, kind of jerking my head back up because it's quiet. Um, you know, you can't talk to anybody. Uh, the only thing you could do if you weren't being processed uh, was utilize the latrine. Um, and shout shout out to my buddy Hosman for uh, for being Club Latrine's VIP. Um, so you're sitting on this bench for you know fucking nine ten hours a day because uh, we would we would wake up about three thirty four o'clock every morning. We'd go to have breakfast chow, uh, and then we would sit on that bench and and. And just wait to be processed. Uh, and then we had lunch chow at 11:30. Then we'd go back to the benches, and then we'd have lunch chow again at four. Um, but we didn't call it 11:30 at four. Uh, we called it 11:30 and 16, because um, military has you know 24-hour time. Uh, so after 16:30, which is well, it was like 16:15. Uh, once we were done with dinner chow, we would go back to the barracks and and wait. The first week was a whole bunch of waiting. The food was nice. Um, food was nice, and we had we had 15 minutes to eat, and that was a luxury that I would miss. <laughs> um, that I would miss uh, once I was once I was you know at my company in Red Face. Um, so. We go through yellow phase, not a lot happens. Uh, but then we, you know, we get handed off to our drill sergeants. Um, the reception drill sergeants, very calm, very cool. Our, our real drill sergeants, uh, in the beginning, not cool. <laughs> um, we had to go through this little cadence of, 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 you know, presenting our our company 
two hour drill sergeant. So we'd have to stand in formation. And once the drill sergeants came up, they would say, Company, attention. And we'd have to say, Be the standard. Because that was the, that was the, the, the moniker, for, that was the slogan for the reception company that we were in. Um, so we would scream, Be the standard. Loud as we could, loud and proud. And our, our senior drill sergeant said, Nah, fuck that. Do it again. Okay, company, attention, be the standard. Nah, fuck that, again. All right, <laughs> and so we did that like 12 times. And so then he walks through, he looks at all of us, we have to present our dog tags and our military ID to prove that we are who we are. He looked all of us in the eye, and about half of us, <laughs> he said, you ain't making it, son. He'd walk, walk down, he'd look at, the next person, you ain't making it, son. Walk down to the next person, you know, and that's what he did. <laughs> like, what seems like every other person. Um, I don't know whether or not he just like glanced over me. He did not say that to me. So, um, but as we went through, he said, "Okay, drill sergeant, you now have command." Senior drill sergeant looks at all of us. These two white buses pull up, and immediately him and nine other cadre, the nine other drill sergeants, immediately go from like, you know, calm mode to dr red phase drill sergeant mode. Immediately everyone's, get the fuck on the bus! Get the fuck on the bus! Now we had to, we had to run like maybe a hundred yards to these buses, okay? And we have these two big old duffel bags, okay? One, one is, you know, on our backs uh, and we have to like hold another one on our chest. And we're having to hoof it, fucking knees to chest as fast as we could to these buses. The whole time these drill sergeants are running, go, 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 move, 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 go, go, go. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I wasn't the last one. <laughs> um, now we we had three, no, we had four females uh, in our in our company. Uh, four females that decided they wanted to be combat engineers. I give mad respect to all of them. Uh, because I know for a fact they had to work harder to get to the position that we were at than we did. Um, just because of the of the equipment that we had to carry, the, the rucks that we had to do, you know, like it was harder on them because they were all like real small. They were all like shorter than 5'5", five five, all like little girls. Um, but, they, but they were not little girls. Like they, they were fucking palsy and I got mad respect for all of them. Um, <clears throat> but in the beginning, they weren't, <laughs> they, they just didn't cut it um, in the beginning. Uh, so needless to say, all of them were like the last ones. Uh, <clears throat> so we get on this bus, drill sergeant comes up on the bus and they say, don't say a fucking word on my bus until we get to the company. So we're like, okay, fucking have to sit down. They go, put your goddamn heads down. Put our heads down. We're not, you know, we weren't supposed to look around or anything. And all of a sudden, on the bus, like, the, the, the bus had, you know, speakers in it, and we, we started hearing, <laughs> we started hearing, oh, oh, ah, and, like, it was fucking, it was like this fucking, like, like, smooth, like, you know, R&B, like, you know, soul music, and we were like, what? <laughs> and then, and then we heard, hear, um, hear fucking LMFAO's. Uh, sorry for party rocking. <laughs> and so that was coming up like right as we were opening up. 
to the company. And then the bus stops, the doors open, and then immediately, get the fuck off the bus, go, go, go. They parked like another 100, 150 yards away from the company. So we were having to hoof it. Uh, two hour, two hour company. Um, now, I'm proud to say that I was a part of Delta 31st Engineer Battalion, um, Delta Company, Go Dragons, Dragons till the end, um, and the platoon that I was proud to be a part of, we were called the Mandalorians, which was fucking awesome, um, and like that, that set such a good tone, because like that made so much sense, because in Star Wars lore, uh, anyone... You know, it, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like a certain race or anything, uh, that was a Mandalorian. Just to be a Mandalorian, you had to live by the creed. And, like, that was something that I used to hype my platoon up, like, the entire time, <laughs> you know. I was saying, you know, it doesn't fucking matter where we come from. It doesn't fucking matter what we did prior to being green, like, we're green now. So let's just fucking, let's be the, you know, fucking, let's be the fucking number one. Um... <clears throat> So, I was part of the Mandalorians, Delta 31st. Uh, we run up to the building. Um, the, the company footprint, which is like our area, uh, that we were allowed to be in, unless, you know, specifically told not to be there. Um, it consisted of four uniform buildings uh, that were all like... They were, they were like 90 degree angles. So, you know, it was like two rectangles at a 90 degree angle, um, spaced out. And then we had our, we had our PT ground in the middle. We had to run to our company. Uh, and then we had to all stand, you know, arms length apart. And we had to dump out everything in our bags. Absolutely everything in our bags. Um, and there was a lot of stuff. You know, we got issued a lot of stuff. Uh, we got issued our OCPs, our PT gear, our cold weather gear, our boots, um, our underwear, our socks, our gloves. You know, have everything. Not only that, but we also had all of our personal items that we brought with us, you know. So, these two very full bags, um, we had to bring with us. And we had to dump all of it out. We had to dump all of it out, and we had to take an inventory of everything. Of course, you know, why did we have to take an inventory of everything? You know, we knew what we had. Everyone had the same thing. But, we had to take inventory because everyone had the same thing. I'll explain more in a second. So we had to dump everything out. <clears throat> dump it all out. They had to inspect it. They had to inspect it for contraband. Because contraband, at basic training, which consisted of damn near everything, um, contraband would give you an Article 15. And Article 15 is not a good thing. Uh, if you get Article 15, um, you know, that's grounds for 
and on, other than honorable or a dishonorable discharge, you don't want Article 15s on your record. Contraband is not a good thing. So obviously, you know, no cigarettes, no vapes, no alcohol, you know, stuff like that. But also, um, things that you didn't think of that would be contraband would be like um, mouthwash that wasn't, you know, alcohol free. Wouldn't have thought of that. Um, you know, um, scented lotion. That was another thing that you couldn't have. Didn't quite understand, but okay. Um, you know, there, there was a, there was a, you couldn't have an electric toothbrush. You couldn't have socks with, uh, with logos on them. You couldn't have, uh, you know, your own, like, like, uh, civilian underwear. Bunch of stuff that was contraband. Um, you couldn't have, sh- you couldn't have, uh, candy, obviously. Uh, but more specific than that, like, like throat lozenges, you couldn't have those unless they were sugar-free. Um, weird stuff, no gum. Um, <clears throat> but we had to dump all everything out, make sure we had none of that. And then they made us inventory everything. So we stood there at attention, hot as fuck, okay? It was hot as fuck. Now, they would say, okay, <clears throat> stand at attention. Now, um, take your boots, okay? Hold your boots in, in your hand. Now, we were wearing one pair of boots because we were wearing our OCPs. They said, hold your pair of boots in one hand, okay? And they said, well, we're just going to sit here until everyone has their boots in the air, as high as you can. We held them in the air for about 10 minutes. Then, they said, okay, and, and you know, they're boots. They're not heavy, but, like, after 10 minutes, they're heavy. <laughs> um, and so we did that with all of our items, our shirts, our pants, all of our PT gear, our, our running shoes, everything. Your arms would give out. <laughs> My arms gave out. Um, and they would say, they would they, they would tell us, they'd be, hold them up, hold them up, trainee, it's not even that heavy. What's that, two, three pounds? You know, just like, <laughs> like just fucking dogging us. Um, but, you know, it was, it, it was, it was necessary. It was necessary because they had, they had to destroy any ego that we brought with us. They had to. They had to. Um, and they did. <laughs> they did. Um, and so we take an inventory of absolutely everything, holding everything above our head. <clears throat> and then they say, now you have three minutes to pack it all up. Three minutes. Now there's a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. Two big military duffel bags full of shit. That was like our, uh, that was one of our first tastes at, you know, unrealistic hit times. Hit times we just were not going to make. So we're like, oh fuck. So we're trying to pack it all in, filling up the bags. Had to zip them up. Well, you know, when we obviously did not make that hit time, they were like, ooh, three minutes is up. Everybody on your feet. Fuck. Have to get, get in the position of attention. They say, well, 
half right face, which that means you will turn your body 45 degrees to the right. And then they would say front leaning rest position, move, which means you'd have to get in the front leaning rest position, which is the, you know, the push-up. With your, with your you know, fingers and thumbs extended and joined, um, shoulders parallel to the marching surface, feet together. Now, the front leaning rest position is a son of a bitch. <laughs> but we would learn to love the front leaning rest position. Because if we didn't, we would just have to hang out with it more. <laughs> um, so, oh, hold on. Um, okay, so we got in the front leaning rest position and we sat there. We fucking sat there. And our drill sergeant would say, down, and that means we, that we would go down. And we would stay in the down position until he would say, up. Then we would go back up. And then he would say, halfway down. And we'd go halfway down. He'd say, hold it. Oh boy, let me tell you. There is nothing harder <laughs> um, than performing those exercises in the midst of, of fucking Missouri heat battling muscle failure. <laughs> Um, but we went through it, you know, um, we pushed on, uh, and then we would get back up after those, um, very slow, <laughs> um, like in excruciatingly slow pushups, um, we then got our bags and we ran up to the bay. Now, at basic, you do not walk anywhere. Everywhere you go, you move with a sense of urgency. Everything you do, you do with a sense of urgency. Meaning you run everywhere. You, you, <laughs> you know, you fucking book it everywhere, all the time. So we ran up to the bay. We ran up to the bay, and then we picked the bunk. These bunks were not comfortable. These bunks were not lavish. These bunks, I mean, were not, you know, enjoyable at all. But they were our bunks. And if we did not keep them at the absolute top level of cleanliness, tidiness, then our then our whole platoon would know it. And I'll get more into that later. Um but I'll wrap it up because it's been about an hour. Um, but that <laughs> that was that was me from uh, deciding to enlist to the point where I finally set my bags down. In the next episode, I will talk more about uh, what happened after I set my bags down. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you listen all the, all the way to the end. Again, I appreciate it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you've been doing for the past hour uh, that you, that you needed to hear this, but I'm glad that you did. Uh, in the next episode, I'll talk about red face. Thanks, guys.